everybody. Welcome to Mormonish. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Landon. And we have not just one, but two, two for the price of one amazing <laughs> guests on tonight. We have, I know they're already laughing at me. We have the incredible uh, Chris Metz and Dave Nolan. These guys are directors and artists extraordinaire. And we are just absolutely thrilled to be able to have them on and talk to them tonight. So they have extensive bios. We can't possibly read all of it because we'd be here all night. But Landon is going to delve in at least a little so you can get an idea of who they are. And then we'll just start chatting. Yeah, I'll, I'll get started with Chris. Chris, you want to give a wave for those who are watching so they know. That's me. Uh, Chris Metz is an accomplished live theater professional. He's an actor, director, and writer. He has a degree in fine arts with an emphasis in musical theater and has been performing in northern Utah for more than a decade. Chris is the book writer for The Good Shepherds, a new musical which seeks to shine a light on how religious institutions utilize the generous donations from their faithful flock of believers. He also directed the premiere run of The Good Shepherds, which performed at the Syracuse Amphitheater in Utah. When Chris isn't performing theater or working a day job, he enjoys time with his partner, Whitney, and their amazing five kids. The entire family is involved extensively in their local theater community as well. Chris's favorite acting roles include Dewey Finn in the upcoming production of School of Rock at the Ellen Eccles Theater in Logan, Utah, Plankton, the SpongeBob musical, Gomez, The Adams Family Musical, and Galahad from Spamalot. Directing credits include The Good Shepherds, Legally Blonde, Noises Off, and Frozen Junior. So that's Chris. Uh, we'll introduce Chris. Dave. Welcome, Chris. Yeah, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Dave Nolan, also known as Jack Betty. Uh, he's a composer, singer, <laughs> producer. Uh, David Nolan's productions and songs have captured national news attention and have been featured in the Washington Post, Seattle Times, Salt Lake Tribune, and in news outlets in Europe. David has been performing original compositions since the fourth grade and has written nearly a thousand songs, many of which can be found via his artist name, Jack Betty. Prof proficiently playing several instruments, David has the rare ability to combine different instruments, genres, and musical styles into immersive audio experiences. Having a true passion for live musical theater, David has written the music and lyrics for multiple musicals, including The Good Shepherds, which debuted summer 2022. Broadway World nominated The Good Shepherds for numerous awards in 2022. The only thing David loves more than music is spending time with his beautiful wife, Alexis, and their six amazing children. Wow, lots of kids there. Ele <laughs> Eleven between the two of you. <laughs> it gave by one. <laughs> you must live in utah right are we from Utah? <laughs> yeah. well i just want to explain to everybody we are so excited to have um chris and dave on how we even kind of connected with them to begin with so last i think probably spring wasn't it landon we started seeing these advertisements on social media for this new production that was coming out called the good shepherds and the s in shepherds was a dollar sign you know so we're like really intrigued and and we see what the topic is it has to do with you know the use of um funds that churches um co collect sort of a, a tithing kind of you know the responsibility of the shepherds so we kind of tracked you know where it was going and then we saw it was going to um, be appearing at the syracuse amphitheater and we got tickets right away and we attended why don't you uh landon just describe a little bit uh, about our experience that night because it was it was really amazing actually yeah for me it was uh, for me it was really cool uh because kind of aside from uh your show itself i as i went to sit down i heard my name called and i turned around and it was one of my scouts that i hadn't seen for several years <laughs> and i i thought he was a tbm uh true believing member and uh, it turns out uh, he, he told me that he was uh, gay and that he was there to see someone in the play. And we got to sit next to him and I got to uh, reconnect with him. And uh, we went to dinner a couple uh, about a week or two later. I was able to go to dinner with him. So it started out for me really cool because I got to uh, got to <laughs> meet, awesome. uh, meet that scout. <clears throat> but uh, the show itself was uh, was really it, it was quite different than I thought it was going to be from, uh, from, you know, the billing and everything as we got there, uh, and, and started watching it. Uh, the costuming was very different. It wasn't what you would expect. You know, it, it was almost as if it was being performed at the church office building yet. No one was wearing white shirts and ties, but you could kind of tell that that's what it was about. And as the show went on, it was very definitely, 
uh, an edgy show about uh, the church and the, the way finances are used. And I don't think they ever used the name of a specific church. I can't remember if it had a specific church name to it, but it was obvious kind of where the uh, where the background came from. And so it was interesting to watch because those of us who knew about the large fund that the church had, the play definitely uh, played into that. But now it's become even more relevant with the with the SEC things and the the the, the revelations that have just come out. It's really become uh, quite a bit more. Uh, uh, relevant, I think, in, in this day and age. But it was it was definitely uh, relevant then, and that was your premiere. You'd never done it before, is that correct? That was the first time it had been performed for audiences. Was at that location, world premiere. Yep, a world premiere. That's it. <laughs> so. We just think you guys are just creative geniuses, basically. And so we would like to start by um, talking just a little bit. You guys can take turns, maybe Chris first and then Dave, just a little bit about your background, um, maybe a little of your faith journey and what kind of culminated in going, you know what, I have got an idea, <laughs> which was this amazing play. So maybe Chris, you can tell us just a little bit about your background and then Dave, and then we'll just kind of take it from there. Sure. Uh, yeah, so I, I grew up LDS. Um I have, uh, my dad is not a member, my mom is, uh, so I got a pretty good uh, balance, I guess, between the two two sides of the story. Uh, ended up uh, deciding that I was going to serve a mission um, after a lot of uh, back and forth, and um, and so started to follow that path. Uh, I was lucky to have met uh, my wife, who is... Um, a very, a very good communicator. <laughs> uh, she's very open with her her emotions and thoughts, and we were able to kind of grow together as as we started to kind of learn things that we didn't really jive with. Um, uh, as as you know, we had we have five kids that um, you know we're extra concerned about, and just want to make sure that um, you know everything that they're learning in their lives is is something that we. Phil will make them a, a better human being. And so, um, yeah, for me, uh, you know, it just got to the point where I was noticing a lot of things that were um, causing dis destructive behavior in myself um, in regards to, uh, you know, being in the church and uh, did not want to transfer that to my children. Uh, and so that's kind of... Uh, uh how or where we stand now or where i stand uh with my family um outside of the church and we have a lot of friends that are that are still uh members who are um you know they're just they're awesome um you know and and uh it just wasn't for us you know and so uh definitely when uh when we met up with with dave um and we heard the idea about uh, uh the good shepherds um that he had and it was very intriguing um and especially from from the perspective of um you know uh he was still a member and um and i uh, was really trying to approach it from from the perspective of like hey let's make some change you know let's really like put this out there like we don't need to be hiding in a hole and, and things like that and so um so did, did you guys develop this together or was, did one of you write it first and then went to the other with the idea or how did it how did it develop so i think some of my background will probably answer that um chris do you have anything else to add though before no, i take go ahead. okay so um i don't need to bore you with a long story but i Three-ish years ago, um, we, it was a perfect storm of job losses and a massive home repair that was unforeseen and all these other just big unforeseen issues that our family encountered. And uh, I just was trying to get just a little bit of help. I wasn't asking for much. Um, I had given everything, you know, at up to that point to the church, I've, I had served in massive callings and uh, just needed a little bit of help and was unfortunately turned down in a big way. And right after that, the first um, 
revelation, the the first news article. I can't remember if it was the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or whoever um, said, hey, there's $100 billion sitting in the world's biggest stock fund. And and I, I just couldn't like I couldn't wrap my head around it. How could how could a lifelong member who who really actually needed a little bit of help just be kind of punched in the face? And then a few days later, these articles come out. So the timing was quite, um, I guess, unfortunate for the church to to have someone like me experience that because the way I deal with um, pain, deep pain has always been and will always be through music. Um, starting way back in, you know, third or fourth grade, if, if something hurt me as a little kid, like I would, I would write a song about it. And so that's what I did. I just started writing a bunch of songs because it was my therapy and, and it was my way of handling a very difficult thing. So I wrote many songs. Um, I, I probably could have made like two or three good shepherds. Like seriously, I wrote tons of songs about it and I, and, um, and I compiled which ones I thought were good. And uh i said okay now what do i do with with these songs <laughs> like okay there's some songs and and i said well i think there's a way to connect all these songs into a story and as a composer i readily acknowledge i'm i'm probably not the greatest uh author and script writer and so um fortunately i knew chris and whitney a little bit and said, Hey, what do you guys think about this? I already have the songs. Like the songs are great. And, um, we just need to connect all the songs through a story. And I think Chris was like, okay, cool. Sounds like a good challenge. And, you know, Chris was just so on top of it and figured out how to weave this story together. And, and, and we didn't even have to like hats off to Chris because we didn't even have to really change that many song lyrics even. Um, Chris was able to just take the songs and the song lyrics and just weave this beautiful story. And so awesome job, Chris. Yeah. The songs yeah, are awesome. very, the, the songs are very rock and roll. They're, they're, they're high energy. Uh, it, it's, it's a, it's not a musical like you think of, you know, uh, my fair lady. <laughs> it's a, no. it's a hard cutting, uh, lots of dancing <clears throat> and, and, and music, it, yeah, it was very, very. The music was great, and you, you starred in it, uh, and you have a great voice. Uh, that was one of the first things uh, when you came out on stage to start it out with the very first song. It was like, wow, who's this guy uh, singing in the in the front there? He's a very uh, great, good singer. Yeah, there's no doubt you, uh, you could very well put on the the rock and roll image. So. <laughs> Yeah, Thank right you. out of the gate, we were like, "This is really special. What is this going to be?" It was just, it was just incredible to watch. Absolutely amazing. So, so what you're saying is, you did the songs, Chris did the book, you put it together, and tell us how you got people involved. Tell us how you gathered up the cast. I mean, it was an amazing cast. They were extremely talented. Everyone. It was. We were. You never know what you're going to get at like an amphitheater in a city. We were <laughs> blown away by the caliber of the talent it was just amazing yeah so and chris can also speak to this i we feel very fortunate to have found people who were very passionate about the subject matter um i mean chris you if you if you were to guess like i mean if i were to venture a guess i'd probably say that 60 or 70 percent of the cast was lgbtq plus like um i mean it 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 was just people who just beautiful, wonderful people who really resonated with um, feelings of being left out or damaged or hurt by certain things that the church had done. And I think those aspects just really united this tight family of, of a cast. Yeah, we, 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 we had all Wow, that's feedback lore there <laughs> uh we even had you know we had people from the bipoc community we had people who were still members of the church people who were halfway who were all the way out you know um 
and yeah, so it was definitely a huge spectrum of people who um, had been been affected, all been affected by by the church at, at some point, whether negatively or, or positively. So it was. Did um, did the cast really... or either of you get pushback from ward or family members yeah. who said this isn't isn't good thing? I'll let Dave take this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'd heard rumors about a lot of uh, issues happening around that. I'm very fascinated to hear about that. Yeah. Um, honestly, the, the saddest part of this whole deal was seeing, uh, man, I get emotional, seeing cast members getting shunned by their own families. And I certainly felt that. Um, I have great parents. I'm, I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but, um, I mean, I felt it and I know that many cast members who had active believing family members were just treated like crap and shunned. And I think it's BS. I, I, I think that when someone's conscience is screaming at them that something is not okay, that person should be able to voice their conscience. And I am very passionate about that. And uh, unfortunately, um, voicing your conscience in, in the church as an active member is quite uh, scary, like honestly. Well, and especially in Utah, there are repercussions lots of times, you know, that can be very real in the real world where people look at you a different way maybe retaliate, maybe, you know, it is, it's not a joke, not at all. So that I had read um, about that scenario before seeing the play. And I remember just watching all the actors up there and thinking they all look so happy doing what they're doing. But I knew there was probably a backstory with several of them that involved a lot of pain and sacrifice to even be doing this. And that made it even more important, I thought, and even more poignant in their performance. Because I would say, and don't you agree, Landon, everybody put their heart and soul into it. I mean, those musical numbers, you could just feel them. I mean, it was just incredible. It wasn't just a light little la la la. They were singing from the soul. <laughs> don't you think, Landon? I mean, it was it was very impactful and the audience felt it too, for sure. Yeah, definitely. You could feel the, uh, you said the cast was kind of, you know, LBGT. You could feel the, 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 that they felt removed from the religion. Uh, you could kind of feel it in the story, I think, overall. Yeah. And I think maybe, so um, I hope that your clip from it is still up online somewhere because we will put those in the show notes so that people can kind of see what we're talking about. But maybe between the two of you, just kind of describe the storyline because I want our viewers to understand, you know, we've talked about the powerful singing and the songs, but the storyline was so interesting. And, and what Landon touched on before, it had a universal theme of institutions, perhaps religious institutions, not doing all they could and doing what they're supposed to, right, to follow the mission of the scriptures to help, you know, the poor and needy and the down and out. So it definitely had a, you know, we all recognized it as, oh, they're talking about our particular institution here, but it was very universal. So maybe just share a little bit about the story as it unfolded. And so our viewers can kind of understand what this was about. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, so the story is centered around... Um, a young woman um, named Laura, who is a reporter for uh, a big New York uh, newspaper. And she is doing an expose on um, on religious uh, uh, um, institutions that basically um, trying to kind of reveal uh, what happens to all these funds, right? These funds that that people are constantly contributing, um, and there's kind of this this uh, this loophole in our system that allows them to to really take advantage of of that money and their nonprofit status. And so um, she gets this idea to really uh, try and find ways to um, creative ways, right. To, to expose, um, these different, uh, institutions. Um, so she ends up getting a job at, uh, at the church headquarters. And, um, so she's kind of going under, under, under the guise of, of a, uh, financial worker there. 
uh, and she begins to uh, make friends with with the uh, uh, the employees there and starts to realize uh, they're a wide range of of people who are um, who are working there and not all of them are necessarily you know money grubbing uh, uh, people but there are some right um, we try to represent a huge spectrum of of the different types of people that you would find in these um, not just as like the business people, but uh, people within the church that are members of the church that are working there um, and trying to reconcile those two things, right? Um, so she really gets smack dab in the middle of this um, and it becomes uh, a bit of a, a love story as she starts to uh, grow closer to these people and understand their struggles, um, their personal struggles and their and their struggles with the with the church and and so, of course, you know, everything uh, it needs a little bit of drama and uh, and they eventually find out that she's uh, under the guise of uh, you know, she's she's kind of lying to them. And that kind of creates some more drama. But um, we get somewhere really, really, really special, I think, towards the end where we kind of have this universal truth of like, uh, you know, take strip all of the. Uh, um, you know the rid the the rigid uh, rules the the religion the um, the attacking of the religion all of that stuff that we disagree with aside can we all agree on this one thing um, that there's so much more that we could all do with the resources that we have um, and especially these big institutions um, that, that that they could do and and if they're professing that, that that's that's what they should be doing, and that's what we all should be doing. Then let's let's live what what we're uh, what we're saying that we we should do. And so that's kind of what the the, the story is about, and and uh, and what we're trying to accomplish with it. So yeah, and I, I really liked how you seem to show they came in contact with people from almost all different. I don't know, area where there might be a need, you know, they became friends with a homeless person that, you know, just all the different areas where you could help. Um, you showed with a lot of humanity, these different disenfranchised groups that are being ignored or underserved <laughs> um, oftentimes by these uh, religious institutions. So I thought you did a really good job of just showing the human condition. Don't you think so, Landon? I, I really thought that was a, a big part of it. Yeah, I felt that you guys took something that a lot of members were disgusted about when they found out. A lot of members couldn't believe when they found out. And in the church, it's so hard to give voice to something. And you gave a voice to that problem. Uh, you were able to, to, through your art, say, this isn't okay to the church. And you were able to put, put a story together uh, with song and dance and, and say, this isn't right. And, and I think that was the powerful message. And at the end, you know, there was a standing ovation. And I think that standing ovation was as much because you'd given voice to what so many in the audience wanted to say, but didn't know how. And that's kind of what I felt was the, was the beauty of the, the uh, of the musical was that, that very thing that you, you were able to bring it to the stage and let people say, you're right. This is wrong. What what they've done with with all this money? Yep, I remember that Thank standing you. ovation. Everybody was just like, "Ooh, there were goosebumps!" And everybody, you did. You just felt, especially that big closing number. You know, I mean, the greatest showman. Think of that. That that has nothing on this. <laughs> that <laughs> ending number was just huge and magical, and everybody stood up and cheering. And I totally agree with you, Landon. It was more like finally I can cheer and show my support for an idea that's in my head and an anger maybe that I feel. So that was, it was wonderful. How did you guys tell us about the feedback and the reception? I mean, we're just talking about our little experiences for being there, but overall, what happened? <laughs> you want to go, Chris? Uh, uh, yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, you go first. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I got a lot of positive feedback. Um, uh, and I, granted, I have some of the greatest friends in the world, and uh, one of one of my good friends, she's just the most bubbly, nice person ever. But she's definitely not somebody who will just like, uh, you know, uh, bullshit you, uh, you know, and just <laughs> you know tell you a story. So she was very complimentary, gave uh, a lot of uh, 
really great examples of of um you know what what she loved and um and i think that was really the common thread right is is giving that uh that voice um one of my favorite uh things that happened during the writing of of the show was as dave and i were discussing you know uh, like we're like this feels like we're just like missing um a voice here um you know a little bit of the female voice, a little bit of, of, you know, um, the, the kind of repressed male voice, you know, and we were trying to figure out like, what, what's, what's missing. And, and, uh, Dave pulled out one of his songs that he was like, ah, I really, I, I really like this, but it just wasn't working. And, and, and he showed me the, uh, you know, kind of a demo of it. And I was, I was like, dude, this is this is like the most musical theater feel song that you've written, you know, uh, and we turned it into a voice uh, that I feel like really represents a huge array of people that are in the church. And uh, I think most of the world, right, they're going to say, oh, yeah, Mormons are just going to say, oh, you don't drink coffee, you don't smoke, you don't swear, you don't watch rated our movies, all that stuff. Uh they don't realize that we're people too, that we have these struggle struggles, you know, some of us struggle with addiction, some of us struggle with, um, you know, anger, some of us struggle, we all have these same struggles, we just kind of hide behind the smile and, uh, and, and uh, the face of the, the of the church. And, uh, and so that's kind of the feedback that I got, I think a lot of people resonated with that, that sort of through, uh, throughput um, of just feeling represented um and and that's not something that you as you as you pointed out Rebecca right there's uh not a whole lot of like hey come tell us tell us what your concerns are like like how you're feeling you you feel sad about having to carry the weight of the world you know like come tell us no just just deal with it get on your knees and pray or something you know and and uh so I think that seems to be the the main thing that I heard a lot from people was just that it was it resonated with them on a level that that perhaps uh you know uh a lot of other especially mormon media right just doesn't doesn't really do for them so yeah thanks chris i think he hit uh the most important point is we did want it to resonate with as many people as possible and um i knew there would i absolutely knew there would be some songs and some parts that would rub um the true believing Molly Mormon type people the wrong way. And, you know, whatever, like, for example, on let's buy Florida. <clears throat> that's kind of the fun party song, that, song ever. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> and uh, we had, we had, we had cast members, um, parents and grandparents legit get up and walk out during that song. And I, and I, as a composer, I heard people, people would be like, why would you make all that up? Why would you make up a song about let's buy Florida? And I just love telling them that the church is the largest landowner in Florida by far. And when you have this much money and you don't want to spend it helping the poor and the needy like Jesus would, you got to put it somewhere. So I guess you put half of it in stocks and half of it in properties and everything that was said in the script and in the, the song about about that was true and and if 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 the truth makes you as a molly mormon want to get up and leave then you know that's not my problem so i knew that that some aspects of it would certainly rub a little bit too harshly or whatever but for the most part um even all of the uh active members family active friends and um they just loved it and I've had so many people come up to me and say, hey, Dave, like, I have the same concerns. I just have no way of getting it out there. And thank you for being a voice for for the members. Like, I'm, I, I still am a member. I still attend regularly. And e even though they they wish, I would quietly disappear. And, um, and that's sad. Like, I the church the church doesn't know how to handle people like me who who are members like me who actively attend who are not afraid to call out the bs and um 
like I'll tell you one quick example. 15 months ago, as the as the news stories were all coming out, and my wife was with me in this meeting, <laughs> so she can vouch for me. We very specifically said, so and so, you know, church leader at we were talking to a church leader, and I said, You do realize that that the church has set up all these different shell companies. And they're hiding like countless billions in all these fake shell companies. And I was specifically told by that church leader, no, that would never happen. The church would never do that. And here we are, fast forward to the SEC article, which, by the way, awesome podcast episode for you too. That, that was that was <laughs> awesome. And you, you would think that I would feel a sense of validation when that article came out saying, see, I was right. And all you people were wrong. All you naysayers about the musical. But it's not like I'll ever get an apology from that church leader or from anyone else who th who happily threw me and Chris and everyone else under the all the cast members under the bus. Like they're happy to throw us under the bus. And then sadly, when we are proven right, they just pretend like nothing ever happened. And I think it's quite ironic and it's it's quite infuriating, actually. That's a better word for it. <clears throat> if you look at any of the positive progress in the church, 1978, Blacks and the Priesthood, the exclusion policy, like one-to-one -one interviews with bishops, like every every with the youth, every single positive change in the church comes after the bold and the loud voices, period. And what the church will do is they'll villainize the people like me and Chris and my entire cast and anyone who supports the musical and throw us under the bus. And then what do they do? Two days after the musical ended, what did the church do? They released their news article with their biggest cash humanitarian donation in history, two days after the musical. And it's, it's just, infuriating that as a member when you're bold enough to call out the bs like sam young or any of those other bold voices they will throw you under the bus and then they'll make those very same changes and take all the credit for it meanwhile guys like me and my family are the ones who pay the price and the ones who get shunned and treated like second-class members, and the whole neighborhood doesn't even talk to us anymore. And it's just, it's 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 like it's a vicious cycle, and that is why I think it is like very hard to be a loud voice and remain active in the church. And I I can see very clearly how and why so many people just say, my mind can't take the mental gymnastics anymore, I'm done. Because it, it's brutal, and it's hard, it's humiliating, and it's it's BS that I am treated like a second-class member for, for voicing my conscience. You're not allowed to have a conscience, apparently. So anyways, that was a rant, sorry. <laughs> it's like no, hitting I, your I head against the, the brick wall, right? You know, <laughs> so, yeah. And, and and that's when you start doing exactly what you did. You you start taking saying what can I, what do I have? What talent do I have? Or which what way do I have to to speak my voice? Uh, because I'm not included anymore. I have been cast to the side. What do I do or how do I say it? And that that's one of the reasons that uh, we wanted to have you guys on here is because th that's exactly what you did. You found a way to express your voice. And my hat off to you, Dave, for being able to to be active and go back to church every week with that, you know, with that hanging over your, your head that, uh, because yeah, I, I, I guess I started with the same, Oh, maybe I can make a change from the inside. And I realized pretty quickly, uh, no, I really can't. <laughs> All the real yeah. change seems to come from the outside. As you said, you, you get excommunicated and then they do something about it, but it's the outside pressure. The church won't take any, any, input from the from the inside it only takes it from the outside and th that's mm -hmm. what they react to <clears throat> i think the church is in a bit of a stuck in a rock and a hard place with me honestly because 
there were so many big news articles about this musical. And if they give me the ax at this point, uh, all of those same reporters will be happy to do like follow-up stories. Well, that's and, a huge story. That's an even bigger yeah, story like, than like, that. Yeah. Like the you're composer a of the musical yeah. gets excommunicated. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I don't think they're willing to, to roll the dice on that yet. I mean, yeah. I, I could be wrong, but it would be a, a massive bad publicity if, if they chose to go that route, I think. So we'll see. I'll take the bullet for you, Dave. So Everybody will. It was me. It was me. I did. I did all the bad stuff. He just did the. Uh... That's right. He was. He was not. He didn't know what was happening. That's it. I feel like I wish, especially with the climate right now, you guys could release at least. I know it'd be hard to mount the production again right now. But even releasing some of the songs, like especially Let's Buy Florida. Have you guys thought about even just releasing a few of the the songs? They're so relevant. I feel like they would really be picked up and and people would listen and, and understand even more now. I don't know. I just yeah. especially Let's Buy Florida. That was just so entertaining and so true. <laughs> it was just so so some so of them good. are out there. Um, oh, okay. Some of the songs are out there already on Spotify and Apple and the big okay. players. Some of them I would like to keep as teasers for when we are ready to do a real run right, and right. what what i mean by real run is as someone who had to bootstrap the entire production myself like the the costs of renting a theater for three weeks paying the actors pay like it it's so much like it was already so much as is like it it, it was a huge burden for my family to do just what we did. So, I mean, Chris and I would love nothing more than to eventually find people who, who believe in it, who might actually have a little more money than we do, who might be willing to help us do a real run because I think, uh, and Chris, you know, chime in anytime, but I think a two or three week run, like somewhere closer to Salt Lake, like it right now, like with everything going on would just be hugely successful. Um, and, you know, we would, I think, I think that's the next step and, and we're, we're, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. I think yeah, that has to be, have you, have you thought of going to your Bishop for help? <laughs> <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> Bishop, we have this musical and we really feel like it. Should... <laughs> hey, hey, I, I will say, I, I will give credit where credit is due and my local bishop and stake president have been dying to meet with me this entire time, obviously, because I'm I'm one of those members that the church doesn't know how to deal with. Right. And um, to to my stake president's credit, I said, OK, if you read the SEC report word for word, the actual report, not the whitewashed, sanitized crap on KSL, yep. <laughs> I'm talking about the actual report from the SEC. If you read that word for word, I will come visit with you for a minute. And he shook my hand and said, okay, I'll read it word for word. So, I mean, that that's more than I've gotten from a lot of, a lot of members, like a ton. I mean, it, it, it's, it's like pulling teeth just to get members to read the actual report. Yeah. And yeah. you would think that when your own government has an investigation and a 10 page report against your church, you would think, as a member, you would want to know why the government has issued a massive fine and a 10 page report against your church. But like even me being a, a voice, a public voice about this, I still have a hard time trying to get anyone to to read the actual report. Like there, there's there's this true blue uh, member, good friend of mine who has spent his entire life in law enforcement, defending the law right? He'll, he'll, he'll die in his career. I mean, I'm just saying like, he'll give anything to defend the law in his career. And yet that same person refuses, utterly refuses to read when the law, you know, that same law who that he defends when the law publishes this, this report, it's, it's crazy. 
like how how members i mean that's why i loved your episode is the tbm response the just yeah, how are they justifying they like, it yeah like, yep. like, yeah and basically it's, desert it's news and ksl said we consider you know that was from the church we consider this matter closed and so that's all you need to know and and the Chris, weasel words so in the article where they you know they just said oh we we discovered this and we decided to comply i think a lot of people don't realize there was an investigation i don't think they no. really understand that there was you know wrongdoing and a fine i don't think they get it no they don't and by the way chris let's take note of rebecca's suggestion like there needs to be a new song. Maybe we consider the matter closed. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. I'll write that one for you, Rebecca. Please. Yeah, I... I... Wow. Love no, that idea. That's it. I think yeah, when I there read needs that, to be like, part two. <laughs> honestly, that, that was the, like, like I said earlier, you would think I would feel validation, like hearing mm -hmm. the SEC report. Mm -hmm. But when I saw the actual report from the SEC did give me validation. True. Yes. The sanitized, whitewashed responses from the church just infuriated me. And yeah. that one that you brought up, Rebecca, was the worst. We consider the matter closed. We consider like, this matter closed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my no, God. I've never seen. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry, I was just going to say, I, I, that's something that's... Uh, you know, always bothered me. I think, um, you know, even when I was in seminary and trying to, uh, everyone was trying to convince me that I should uh, turn tell and, and become, because uh, I was way against the church until my senior year. And uh, they wanted me to, you know, be the perfect Mormon boy, but I, and I still had to go to seminary. Uh, and I always heard, right. And don't, don't look at uh, things that are against the church. Don't, don't look yeah. at any criticism. Don't do any of this. Yeah. And one of the things that always bothered me. And I was like, I was like, okay, so you're telling me I read the book of Mormon. I pray about it. And I know that it's true. Well, why can't I read things that are against the church, pray about it and see whether it's true or not. And, and that's kind of something that uh, I, I wish that they could grasp a hold of, this is just a financial document, right? Mm -hmm. This is just a financial book document and, and this isn't anti, right? Like, <laughs> let's read it. Let's evaluate it. Everything's I mean, if you want to pray about it, <laughs> if that's your thing, great. Pray about it and let's see how we feel about it. And let's try to like, yeah. you know, make things better. But, uh, you know, back to the to the point of us you know wanting to continue to do this right and and i think we're both committed to trying to make this a, a very um successful and universal message um and uh you know if we if we need to add you know another song it's uh let's let's consider this matter closed you know i think <laughs> i think we do it because i you know no, that's uh, brilliant that would get so the much more. play i'm not kidding and then you could yeah. say you know listen to the song and then you know let's we need support for the actual play when there's so much more of that but it's completely relevant right now i'll, wow. I'll just say it I'll, I'll just say it it'll be very interesting if and when uh dallin oaks outlives russell and nelson because um <laughs> dallin oaks would become the prophet and he is the most like do not criticize the church leaders. The yeah. church does not apologize. Like, yeah. like, like he, he will, he'll, it'll be interesting how, how, when he's in charge, like people like me will be even, I don't know how it's possible, but we'll, but we'll be even more painted as villains yeah. because he's on the record for saying, do not criticize the church leaders, yeah. even yeah. if the criticism is true. Yeah. It's like, how, how do we, how, how can we even have a conscience, you know? And and that's what's the most sad to me is why can't I voice my conscience? Yeah, you have like, to override your own conscience. That's the whole point. If you hear something that doesn't sit well with you, I think of like the November 15th policy, even all TVMs were like, wait, what? You know, there was something that gave everyone pause, which is your you know, conscience, inner voice screaming at you. This is insane. But then what are you told to do? Gaslight yourself, pray until it's okay and you're all right, saying that you're on board with it. You are constantly taught to override your inner voice. And that is so unhealthy. <laughs> it's just so bad for you. Yeah, it's crazy. This was the uh, thing that broke. I think my wife was in while I was out.
uh, I'd, I'd, I'd left probably three years earlier. But when the story broke about the money, she was just going, that can't be right. Can, can that be right? <laughs> And yeah. she started looking and looking at it and going, wow, this is not what I thought my church was about. And, and that was the one thing that, that just took her to where she started to finally say, wow, there's something wrong here. That so, something, something stinks in Zion, I guess you could say, but uh, it definitely should be something now. It's even more. I mean, you've got the U.S. government investigating and finding that this was not right. And the church, although they don't admit any wrongdoing, they paid the fine because they, they knew. And one thing I know that you, that you learn is when the church knows that they're wrong, they start making changes, but they disguise those changes. So it doesn't look like they've done something wrong. It's not by coincidence that the whistleblower blew the whistle. And then in 2019, uh, Nelson combined the three separate uh, church corporation entities into one, into one. with mm -hmm. the bishopric and the first presidency all being into one. Uh, I mean, they start making changes because they know they've been caught and they try to make it look like, oh, no, no, this was just a standard thing we were going to do already anyway. And, and they start moving on it and they make big donations, like you said. Oh, that's what this was for. We were saving it for this. Oh, we we're going to do a big temple building project right now because that's how we can give out a lot of this money without really giving it out. It's going right back to us, but we can say, call it a charitable donation now. Uh, uh, and, and then they start counting ward member uh, hours, cleaning the bathrooms so or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now they say, Oh, we've given billions in humanitarian aid when they really haven't given anything more than they were giving, but they, change the perspective and make it look different. And that's how you know when they've been caught in the cookie jar. They, they don't actually make a change that makes a real change. They make a change that looks like they're making a change all the while keeping what they what they've been doing covering the their time. own you know what yeah. right which i think we should ask you guys we're we're going to do an episode in a week or so about conference predictions so we've kind of uh -huh. you know put feelers I've out on different one. social media yeah and and a lot I've of people are making you. predictions that's what i'm going to ask you guys a lot of people are making predictions around this scenario i talked to another podcaster tonight who said i predict people will physically stand up and protest and walk out he thinks something like that is going to happen no longer being able to sustain you know i don't know if i agree with that but but i wonder what do you guys will they make announcements will they you know will they address anything what do you guys think what is okay. going to happen so I you're on the record if, here you're on the record yeah. all right i will i will hereby prophesy two things that will exactly oh he's gonna prophesy here so, we go um i guarantee you it's the same thing that happened after the musical that there will be no topics there will be no talks centered on tithing none and um they did that after the musical because of all the bad publicity related to the money yeah. and yeah. they will do that again this time there will be no talk centered on tithing i guarantee it like so, some eager beaver butt kissing um general authority will still like mention it quickly but that is my first bet and i'd be willing to bet anyone money on that one there will not be a talk centered on tithing by the first presidency or the apostles, period. There won't be. And then the what other about thing, by a woman. Sometimes they have the women give the talks that no one listens her to. Under the not even a woman. <laughs> right. Right. And the other the other thing that happens in April is their their BS church auditing report, which for those that don't know, it's an internal piece of crap uh, verbiage that says, hey, we checked our own books and everything looks a okay. Like they'll never have a, an independent third party auditor go through their books. They never will. So instead they have this internal auditing team, which gives this BS 30 second spiel that's word for word, the exact same, every single conference. And I bet that goes away. I, that's, because that's my guess too. Yep. Yeah. Landon yeah. said that too. Just like the membership, just like the membership now that it's decreasing, yeah. they got rid of that report. Yeah. They're going to the get rid of this. Bad. Yep. Yeah. And, <laughs> wow. and here, here, here's the sad thing that, that, that the members don't even consider is when the prophet and the apostles are afraid to preach from the pulpit, something such as tithing, 
then as soon as they become afraid to preach it, it shouldn't be relevant anymore. And they should not require their local bishops and their local stake presidents to be the preacher and enforcer of tithing when they themselves are not willing to preach it from the pulpit anymore. And, um, and I, I get a lot of members agreeing with me on that one. Like, I, I think, I think all the articles, the musical, like, I, I think it's, it is finally starting to work and finally starting to be like, wow, is this really what Jesus would do? And, and Chris can probably back me up on this. Like, like that, that is one of the core things that, that the musical wrestles with is what would Jesus actually do? Would Jesus hoard hundreds of billions in land and stocks? The answer to the entire world is no. And, and we can all see it. And there's a few members who can also see it. And, and I mean, uh, I, I could go on forever. I'll, I'll share. <laughs> no, you're right on. And all the, yeah, Landon and I were just talking about that, how they're not going to say it at the top. It's going to trickle down and the marching orders for these kinds of things, like hammering you for tithing and tithing settlement. It's the lower level. It's the bishop. They have to do the dirty work. I mean, there's mm -hmm. only one meeting that LDS people have to go to yearly and what do they ask you about? It's the money. It's not anything else. It's not, are you kind? Are you, you know, good to your kids? It's not, it's, are you paying? So yeah. And that's yeah. the lower levels take care of that. So uh, Chris, do you have any predictions? I think I felt right on with Dave's. That's kind of what we've been talking about. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Um, it, it'll certainly be interesting to see where they go. Uh, my first intuition was, okay. Uh, they've got to hook in those those true true blue uh believers uh and because they're already denying right and so yeah. super easy to just say like oh double down on your tithing um uh, but it you know as david was talking um you know they did make a, a small change to that right to the uh to the tithing they they don't call it tithing settlement anymore or something. Yeah. Declaration. Declaration. That's even more yeah. pressure. You are very declaring and you better very crappy. Yeah. Very, <laughs> it's all in the words. <laughs> whatever, whatever they do. Uh, and, and I had this thought uh, as we were uh, discussing something a little bit earlier is, uh, you know, kind of sounds a bit a bit like what satan does right he takes or you know according to them where there's the they take the truth right and just twist it just a just a titch um and whatever they do there's going to be those little subliminal 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 messages underneath it saying like hey you guys double down on this uh yeah you know, but, so i think to some degree right there's got to be some sort of some sort of undertone of like, hey, how are we going to get all these people back on board to just, you know, and I tell you, it's super sad. One of the things that, you know, Dave really got me thinking about um, with this musical was the uh, the fact that the homeless population is so bad in Salt Lake alone. And that's the headquarters. Like, the potential for this church and, and so many churches to completely just at least just change things for where they're at, where they have their roots. Like there's so much potential for good. And I think that was one of the cool things that we did with the musical day was that uh, in the end, some of those people who were part of the problem end up being part of the solution. And, uh, you know, so I, I guess what I would hope to see, you know, in uh, in conference is that they're starting to to make those changes, and there really is a, a, an actual concentrated effort. Whether I think that's actually really going to happen, probably. Like, I, I, I see that they're going to have to do something big <laughs> to yeah. show that they're doing something good with that right. money, and so I think I, I think like Dave said, they're not going to talk about tithing. But I do think they're going to talk about all the good they do in the world to try to show that they are doing good. And then I think there's going to be some big announcement of some big good initiative they're going to do 
to try to smoke screen the the tie the, the yeah they just need to give the tbm something to hang their hats on yeah, so when other people say what about this they'll go didn't you hear conference they're doing this you know they just need to give them that that ammo that they can then fight back and it has to be something like that so does anyone think there'll be any actual i don't know demonstrations or protests or anybody outside of conference wearing green t-shirts with dollar signs on them that's what i was thinking you know do you think anybody will try to now that I've said it, let's go do it. Who's in? Yeah, Come Dave, let's, <laughs> let's get some merchandise, man. Let's I'm get just a, saying, let's, let's get, a... get some merch that says we do not consider this matter closed. Like it says we consider this matter closed and then with a not and it's crossed out. <laughs> I'm telling there you. you. There you go. There you go. Um, now, I don't know. Do you, you think know... anybody, it's even worth it for anybody to try to, I mean, this is a huge issue. It's the biggest one I've seen in just forever. I don't know either. I Here's what I have to say. Like, I, you would not believe the number of active members who after the show and like after some of my recent Facebook posts and everything have come to me saying, man, I wish I, I could have a voice like that. And I wish I could make a difference. So I, I just want to say to any, any member who still attends, I'm uh, like, don't underestimate the power of your voice uh like for example um she might hate me for this but but the thing that that my my wife is is battling right now more than the money is the sex abuse cover-ups and um i mean she has an incredible story related to this and and for her like i'm just trying to encourage her i'm, I'm trying to encourage any member and anyone who, who who thinks that their voice is not going to be heard, it's BS. And, and I specifically had someone, <laughs> uh, it drives me nuts, in Sunday school, after right after the musical came out, right after the church two days later did their biggest cash gift ever, um, they, they raised their hand in Sunday school and said, there is nothing we as members can possibly do that will ever change any direction of the church period that's like word for word what she said and yet once again if we go back through history in the church what is it that caused the changes the positive changes it was the loud public outcries every time it was not some magic revelation to to the leaders it wasn't it was the loud voices daring to call out the BS. And I, I just, I want to be that voice and encourage anyone who like all, all these friends of mine who came up to me, Oh, I wish I had a voice. To, you do, you do. You, you might not, you might not be writing a massive musical, but your voice can be heard. And the question for those members is, can you handle it? Because it sucks because you'll be painted as a villain. You'll be shunned and and it sucks. So can you handle that as a member? You know, that's up to you. But don't hide your voice. Don't hide your conscience. And and it's it's pretty cool to see all these people who are like, wow, Dave, you know, this is awesome. What can I do to help? And yeah. And, and, and there's a, a way to mental real quick. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> there's so, a way you can quietly do it by simply taking the money you were given for tithing and give it to a good cause. And then go tell your right. bishop at tithing settlement, yes, I'm paying my tithing. I just mm -hmm. happen to be giving through this organization that I can trust to mm -hmm. spend it the way I intended it to be spent or the way the Lord intended it to be spent. And let the bishop give you all the argument you want, but that's all you have to say. It's a quiet way to say it, but you're speaking and you're speaking in a way that they understand best. And that is they're, they're not getting the money. Uh, and, and I can't but, tell you how many times I've heard current members tell me that exact same thing yeah. that that's that seems to be kind of the the common thread uh but i wanted to i just wanted to say uh to david that uh man so when we got you know talking about this show right i was still kind of like hiding you know <laughs> like i was out but i was like sort of like hiding and and uh 
And I just kept thinking like, God, I mean, how does Dave do this? Like, like he's in the church, you know, and, and he's still, you know, trying to be a good upstanding member and he's, you know, uh, you know, being a voice. And so, uh, Dave really, I mean, this whole thing, there was a, there was like a, a wall that I had to hit where I was like, am I going to write this musical, uh, like very carefully and, and, and kind of safe, you know, or am I going to really like let my voice shine and try to, you know, um, lift up what what dave has done with, with his voice too you know and and i actually ended up scrapping my first run at it because i felt like you know with, with david's songs and and uh you know how much that drove his his voice and what he wanted to say i just wasn't doing it justice you know <laughs> and uh and so it, it really is true you know what, what dave says is you know it wherever you want to stand the most important thing is that you use your voice and and honestly damn the consequences because at the end of the road you can be miserable on one side or you can be you know i mean still conflicted or or, or still catching you know that that sort of resistance from people but at least you know that you're doing the right thing um and that uh hopefully someone will hear and say like oh yeah i'm gonna stand up too um and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna contribute my voice so thanks dave for for helping to to give me the courage to to do that i was out and you're in and you had a louder voice so we equaled out in the end so inspiring i feel like we need one of your songs right now like we all need to burst into it just with what you guys are saying it's just i feel like and i think this is probably a a, a good place close to end because you've both made these really powerful statements with a call to action, I feel like for people. But I also feel like you two are really poised in a way that you could be collectively a voice. I mean, you could band together and say, remember us, we wrote The Good Shepherd. And here's our opinion, whether this would be blogging or lots of social media posts, you guys kind of already represent people that weren't afraid to say, look, so I don't know, have you thought of yourselves that way in this situation as people that are kind of poised to be a voice or people that somebody that people could other people could rally around. I see you guys that way. I mean, I really do. I think, um, Chris, you, you probably know which cast member I'm talking about here. You helped find her. Um, I think the musical gave so many people a voice that they couldn't have even imagined. And, um, that's pretty rewarding as, as a composer and creator to create something that gives dozens of people this power and the show the show needs a real run two to three weeks and um this is so out of my comfort zone but i'm just gonna put the plug out there anyways like seriously if anyone has any means or passion or wants to help help make this happen for a real two or three week run please reach out to me or chris um and because it the money is is a huge aspect of it but but uh like chris said it there's so many the song that chris was referring to earlier on in this interview is called a packaged life and the lyrics say a packaged life with a ribbon and bow and a blueprint telling you how your life should go what to wear and how to behave so that you're worthy to enter into heaven's gate and that song that I had scrapped and I sang it one time for Chris while we were talking on the phone and he's like, Oh, we got to have that. And it turns out that that song has become like the most relatable song for, for people who have left people who are PMO, as they say, people, people who, who are still in and have a voice and have all these internal conflicts because they feel like if they don't fit into this tiny little box perfectly that there's no room for them in the church. And I have felt that crushing reality and my family has, and, and, and it's just interesting how that, that song about a packaged life has related to 
like I don't know about you, Chris, but that song by far that I had scrapped originally is is the the one that people just absolutely relate to. Um, hats off to my wife Lexi who helped uh, write some of the lyrics to that and also to some of the other powerful songs. Like, anyways, we got to get we got to get the show out there again two or three weeks. So talk to me or Chris if if you have any interest in helping out. How do you find your songs? You said they're on Spotify. Do you look for them under the Good Shepherds, or do you have to know the names, or how do you how do you search for those? Yep. So good question. You can search on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and yes, if you search the Good Shepherds, it'll pull up um, probably like ten or so songs. Um, There's two separate uh, albums too. So yeah, two separate little mini albums. On, but if yeah. you search the Good Shepherds, it'll pull it up. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we encourage everybody to go and do that just to get a sense of what we're talking about. You can probably tell how passionate we are about it, but I think when you hear the music, I think you'll understand more about it. So uh, Landon, do you have any final thoughts here? I think, boy, this has been this has been quite the interview. <laughs> well, I, I just want to say thank you for your courage in, in putting this mm -hmm. on. I, I As soon as I saw the ad co come out, I went, oh, these guys are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go to this. <laughs> so thank, thank you for being a voice uh, uh, and, and pulling out what uh, and bringing to light what a lot of people are saying, but not not able to uh, to, to say in words. Uh, so thank you for your courage is, is all I mm -hmm. have to say. That's right. They're a voice. So, yeah. So everybody, please go and look up the songs of The Good Shepherd and communicate with Chris and Dave if you would like to. And if there's a way that you can think of to support or offer any kind of assistance, um, communicate with us, communicate with them. I think this has never been more timely and more relevant and i think they were practically prophetic in putting this out because <laughs> look what's happened i really feel that way it's, mm. it's amazing so so yes please everybody support and take this to heart because it's amazing what they're doing and and the what they're trying to shine a spotlight on so all right we'll say goodbye i really feel like we could talk for another hour but i guess we need to it was amazing and uh please uh like and subscribe to mormonish we love to hear what you think please comment tell us your experiences with i don't know asking bishops for help or helping others or maybe some of you have saw the good shepherd i mean it played for several days maybe some of you did let's put in the comments let's talk about this amongst ourselves put your conference predictions in the comments let's just get a dialogue going this is what's important and we appreciate all of you our viewers we appreciate our wonderful guests and i appreciate my co-host and we will say goodbye for mormonish for tonight bye everybody thank you thank Thanks. you thank, thank you, you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mormonish. We really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share. You can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.